Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Maybe you're here today and God in that, as only He can, in that gentle way, God's never harsh with us. He's that good shepherd that leads us gently. He's long-suffering. He's patient. He's kind. But maybe He's been impressing upon your heart as of late, to stop playing it so safe. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Philippians. Do you or someone you know fall into the category of what others would typically refer to as someone who plays it safe? If so, have you been able to recognize the missed opportunities in your life? In today's message, Pastor J.D. will encourage you to take a bold step of faith in whatever you feel the Lord might be putting on your heart. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Philippians chapter 2 as he continues his message why I have no joy. If you think back to the teachers you had that had the greatest impact on your life, were they not also the teachers that had the most care? That were genuinely concerned with you and how well you were doing? You know how it is. We. <laughs> I was thinking about this on the way to church this morning. I think about a lot of things on the way to church. This morning, like, Lord, it would be great if the rapture happened before I had to teach. But anyway, that's... (laughs) But I was thinking about how ah, shallow, surfacey, for lack of a better word, we are. You know, we'll we'll say to somebody, hey, how you doing? You really want to know how I'm doing? Hey, you really want to throw somebody off? Next time somebody asks you how you're doing, go, Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Do you have a minute or an hour? Oh, hey, we'll do lunch sometimes. That's what I thought. Right? Come on. Do you really want to know how they're doing, or are you just giving them the customary can greeting? Hey, how you doing? Thursday night, I don't know if it was last Thursday or the Thursday before, I was talking about how I, it was Thursday in our uh, uh, psalm study, and I was talking about how that I used to say, when somebody would say, how are you doing? I would usually say, great. And it was kind of like the Lord was going, oh really? You're all that, huh? You're, You're great? I'm great. You're not great. Or how about this? I'm good. No one's good. (laughs) We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Come on, Pastor, you're getting a little bit too legalistic here. No, no, stay with me. So I decided, you know what? Next time somebody asks me how I'm doing, here's what I'm going to give them as an answer. Hey, how you doing? I'm blessed. (laughs) I love to see. I always wait to see what their reaction's going to be like, because they've likely not heard that before, and if they have, it has been quite a while since they had heard that before. You're blessed. 
It's kind of interesting because sometimes it's almost like this invitation to introspection in the sense that, well, I am too, I think. So I'm in Costco recently. And you know how they check your receipt to make sure you didn't try to steal anything? Is that? That's not what they say. They say, we just want to make sure that you didn't uh, get charged twice for anything. Okay, that's fine, if that's what you want to. If that's your story and you're sticking with it, okay, whatever. So I'm at the you know exit, I got my stuff, and I give them the receipt. And so I say, how are you doing? To which the response was, I'm living the dream. Wow! <laughs> How are you doing? Well, I'm, I'm blessed, but you're living the dream? Yeah. Wow. That's pretty cool. What if the next time you ask somebody, hey, how you doing? And then they give you the, oh, I'm fine, I'm good, how are you? Fine, thank you, how are you doing? <laughs> Why don't you follow it up with something like this? No. How you really doing? Uh, we were talking about this before the prayer meeting this morning, about the power of human touch. They've actually proven this uh, with those who are, that serve food in a restaurant. So the server comes to you, brings you your food, and wants to know how the meal is, how's everything going, can I get you anything else? And if they put their hand on your shoulder, they have found that you will tip them more. Wow, I just kind of blew it for those of you who are... (laughs) So, well, that's real genuine. They just want more of a tip. No, but there's a physiological reason for that. See, what happens is, and this is the way God designed it, we were talking about it in the context of babies, they actually, this is many years ago, back in the early 1900s, uh, true story, they could not figure out why it is that these babies in this orphanage were all dying inexplicably. And they finally realized that the reason these babies were dying, literally dying, in this orphanage was because they had no human touch. So then they started hugging and holding and loving on these babies. Not only did they survive, they thrived. I was sharing about how our daughter Noel, before she died, they told us that had we not held her all the time, she would have never lived as long as she did. And even with, I'm not trying to get too far off here, just bear with me. I'm going somewhere with this, believe it or not. Just hope I can remember it when I get there, but... With breast milk, what they're finding is that they cannot replicate in a formula what the mother produces, God-given, in her milk. And so were it not for us having her have breast milk, which we had to use through a bottle and a feeding tube, but she would have never lived that long. And the reason for that is, is this is the way God has made us. This is the way God 
has wired us, engineered us, if you don't mind such a crass metaphor. This is how we thrive. It's a genuine concern. You know, in the Middle East, we're a very passionate people. (laughs) That's my story, and I'm sticking with it. But, I mean, this is why in the Middle East today, when you greet somebody, uh, you hug them, you embrace them, you kiss them on both cheeks. This is a way to say, I am genuinely concerned with you. I have a genuine interest in your interests. Let me say it again, and I maybe I'll say it even again before we end our study in Philippians, but the happiest and joy-filled people that I know that are that way are that way because of this. It's because they love people, genuinely love people, and are concerned with how people are doing. And isn't it interesting that when you talk with people and they share with you what they're going through, doesn't it put things in perspective? You know, here, here I am, and you'll forgive the silliness of this illustration, but I've got this hangnail. Oh, God, this hangnail. I need to get the clippers. And, and then somebody shares with me how they just recently were on the receiving end of a cancer diagnosis. That puts things into perspective. And then what's your response? Out of a genuine concern for them, Do you pray for them? Do you call them up every so often and say, Hey, how you doing? How's it going? How you holding up? Something like that can make all the difference in someone's life. I think about our prayer list and all the prayer requests that we get from people all over the world and some of the things they're dealing with. I'm thinking, man, And just the fact that we're praying for them and we're petitioning the throne on their behalf and genuinely concerned for them, trusting God for a good report to come, because now we have an investment in them and their well-being and their welfare. It's this last one that I want to spend a little bit of time on because it's a biggie. And it's that of taking a risk for Christ. After Paul tells them he's going to send Timothy, he also says that he's going to send back to them his dear friend Epaphroditus. This is an interesting man. Can't wait to meet him in heaven. What's interesting is the reason that Paul says he's going to send him back. Again, this was a sacrifice to Paul. This was selfless on the part of the Apostle Paul to send him back, because this man, along with Timothy, were a great blessing to the Apostle Paul in a time of great need for the Apostle Paul. And now he's going to selflessly say, you know what, you need to go back to Philippi. He says, I know you're homesick. 
And I know that they are very concerned about you because they heard that you were ill and they're wondering, this is way before social media, right? We can't just send an email or pick up the phone. The only way they knew how somebody was doing is if a letter was sent or someone was sent to deliver the news to them. So he said, I want you to go back. I'm going to have to kind of let you go. I really need you. I really love you. But they are so concerned about you. And I know that you're homesick and you want to be back there as well. It's notable that Paul was experiencing anxiety about their concern for Epaphrodites, having heard that he was sick so much so that he almost died. Do you know why he almost died? He almost died because he risked his life for the work of Christ. That's why. I hope this doesn't jam your gears. But I would submit that the most joy-filled Christian is the Christian that's willing to take risks by faith. I think about how 14 years ago now, we're coming into our 15th year, it was 2003 when I stepped out in faith left the church that I had planted on the mainland to come here to start this church. My boys at the time, very young, three and five, we got rid of everything and came here with virtually nothing and just took a risk. I think God, well, I know God is pleased by faith, but I think God is exceptionally pleased when we take a risk of faith for him. And while the first two years were brutal, and I thought that I had certainly made one of the biggest mistakes of my life, if not the biggest mistake of my life, I look back now in retrospect and cannot even imagine what my life would have been had I not taken that risk. And as I look out at this amazing church that is my privilege to pastor, and I see you, and by the way, you all look marvelous. Let me say it this way. Had I not done it, God would have called somebody else. And I cannot even wrap my mind around how it would be that somebody else would be standing here instead of me. It's like Mordechai to Esther, if you don't do this and risk your life, deliverance will come from another. Maybe you're here today and God in that, as only He can, in that gentle way, God's never harsh with us. He's that good shepherd that 
leads us gently. He's long-suffering. He's patient. He's kind. But maybe he's been impressing upon your heart as of late to stop playing it so safe. Maybe he's called you to something that would require you to step out in faith and trust him and just believe him to do grand and glorious things that you could have never imagined. Now, some of you are looking at me going, well, easy for you to say, pastor. I'm just a mechanic. I'm just a this. I'm just a that. I'm just stuck in a cubicle. How am I going to... Well, maybe for you, it's taking that risk with that coworker that God has brought into your life. And maybe just befriending them and investing some time in them. Maybe take them to lunch and buy. And be sure to tip that server, especially if they put their hand on you. Whether it's small or big, God wants you to taste from that cup that you would not otherwise taste from had you not stepped out in faith. Be a risk taker. Can I say it this way? Live on the edge, man. Listen, you might hang on for dear life, but I promise you, you will have the time of your life. Let me close with a question. And I think every one of us would do well to consider and answer this question before the Lord. Here it is. Could the reason that my joyless life is riddled with unnecessary difficulty and conflict? Could it be that I'm living for myself instead of the Lord? I think I mentioned this last week, but you know that saying that if your eyes are on yourself, you're depressed? If your eyes are on others, you're distressed. But if your eyes are on the Lord, you'll be blessed. I know it's kind of dorky, but it's true, isn't it? Well, so too is this true when it comes to living for yourself. No wonder you're so depressed. No wonder it's been quite a while since you've experienced true joy. And by the way, Nehemiah says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Maybe your eyes are not only on yourself, but maybe they're on others or other things. Going back to the first chapter that we just read, maybe that verse in your life would read differently than for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Maybe you would say something like, for me to live is you fill in the blank, or let the Holy Spirit do it for you. 
What are you living for? The verse 21 of Philippians 1 in the epistle of your life, how does it read? For you to live is, is it Christ? Is it? uh, Please know that I speak of myself. Lord, search my heart. What am I living for? Is for me to live Christ? Is it? Let me ask a follow-up question. And again, please know that I ask this of myself too. As the Lord is my witness, and the Lord knows my heart. What would change in my life Were I to serve sacrificially with genuine concern for others and even take risks by faith for the work of Jesus Christ? I just thought of this. I think this is the Lord. You know, the most Joyful Christians in this church are the ones who give of themselves and serve in the children's ministry. I'm not just saying that because actually we're gonna we're planning to uh, share with you some exciting things that God's doing in the children's ministry and where we're headed in 2019, and especially as it relates to second service and being able to have a children's ministry for second service. Can I say the happiest people that we have in this amazing church are the people who serve? You know that we have a team that comes here every week and cleans up after you? (laughs) I had to say it like that. Hope you don't mind. They come in of their own volition. They're not paid. Oh, their pay is out of this world. And it is a joy. I I remember once just making it a point to thank them. And they're looking at me going, what are you talking about? You're thanking me? I should be thanking you for letting me do this. Well, I haven't heard that before. The happiest people in this church are the people who serve sacrificially with a genuine concern for others and are willing to take a risk. Thanks for tuning in today to In Spirit and Truth. Join us next time to continue studying the Apostle Paul's letter to the church in Philippi, along with Pastor J.D., You'll learn how modeling your life after Jesus will change how you interact with people around you and why it's important to show the world the love and grace of Christ. As His light shines through you, people will begin to wonder why, and it just might lead to conversations that can change a life forever. If you'd like to hear more messages from Pastor J.D. Farag, you'll be able to find them on our website at inspiritandtruthradio.com. We'd love to connect with you too, so come be part of our social media community. 
follow the links on our website to our Facebook or Twitter pages where you can add your thoughts to the conversations while filling your news feed with encouragement and useful information. If you're in the area, you're invited to come join us in person at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe for our weekly worship services. We get together every Sunday at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. or come by on Thursday at 7 p.m. for an in-depth time of Bible study. Directions can be found on our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. If you can't join us in person, we hope you'll find a local church community soon that you can call home. Having a supportive and biblically-based church family is an incredible asset in your faith experience, as well as a place where you can be a blessing to others. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks again for joining us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth. Holy me true to you.